Feel like the everyday chaos is getting to be too much? Head on over to winninggym.com slash BAP and we can help you there. Join our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program for quick wins for your gym. Check it out. You deserve it. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Built to Grow podcast, delivering the knowledge in all things fitness business. We help gym owners win. Here are your hosts, Tim Lyons and Randy Exton. All right. Welcome back to the Built to Grow podcast. I'm your host, Tim Lyons, in the house with the Sherpa of strategy, <laughs> Randy Exton. What's up, buddy? I couldn't keep composure with that one. Sherpa's a great one. Dude, Sherpas are... They lead you up the mountain, buddy. Oh, good old Nepal. You want to go do... Uh, no. No? No. Negative. Yeah, yep. So I did see a good quote about that the other day, though. Okay. It was It was actually like one of those... You know how like everybody's motivational and wants to be positive on... Well, not everybody, but the handful of people try to be on, on Facebook. There was a good meme. It was like, like every dead body on Everest was once a determined individual. Take it Ooh, easy. <laughs> that's true. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you can go too hard. <laughs> so going hard in the paint i know some people that go hard in the paint a lot so we got a little special whiskey wednesday we're breaking in the mm-hmm. brand new built to grow decanters courtesy of kelly and you actually get a hand in it perfect man these are great we poured the blantons today for those of you who don't know about blantons look mm. it up it's delish okay so we got a little whiskey wednesday a couple of housekeeping tips we've got the automation workshop happening the 6th and 7th of february coming up real quick excited about that you can check out details on that at pfmarketingsolutions.com slash automation. And always, if you haven't had a chance to read the book yet, timlyonsbook.com, you can mm-hmm. go over there and check out the book. Uh, we just got another order in, so we can uh, ship those out usually within a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. We typically ship them, what, twice a week? Yep. Twice a week. And uh, we got a new new batch in, so those are those are flowing. But yeah, we've, we want to continue on with our top mm-hmm. 20 must-haves in 2020 for growth. This is, I guess, part two. Yes. Of four, uh, we released the last episode was part one. So hopefully you guys got some value. We've got five more must-haves this episode, and then we're going to continue on as we go. Before we do get started, we would love, love, love your help by helping us promote this podcast. We're going to be doing a big marketing push to try to get it out there. What helps us is uh, rate, ratings and reviews. Yes. So if you're digging what you're hearing, please go to Apple iTunes and throw down that five-star and uh, little comments, like uh, what you think about the show. Um, also, if you got any um, tips for us, if you want to hear some stuff, we'd love to hear it in the comments. We do read those, and we do appreciate every single one of you. And it goes a long way for us. Yeah, and, and like we've discussed in past episodes, if you've followed along, if you're interested in hearing us speak about something specific, a problem that you have in the facility, something you're trying to implement, something you're trying to change, our objection with this is to help you grow. And so if you want to bring that information, those questions to the review section on iTunes. If you yeah. leave it in the your review. In the comments. In yeah. the comments, we will address it. We'll speak to that on air and, uh, I mean, essentially give you your own kind of shout out regarding the problem or solution that we can provide for you uh, regarding the specific situation. Yeah, because if you had this problem, think about all the other people that exactly. probably have the same issue. So, so here we go. Let's start right into this. Technically, would be number six, but uh, for this episode, number one, staffing plan. You must have a staffing plan. I uh, just got back from a client's uh, gym in Toronto. Uh, I'll give him a shout out to Mitri's guy's great coach. Uh, he's been in business 10 years. 
Uh, I went out there to do the life cycle automation for him. We got into the weeds a little bit with with some other coaching because he's in our he's iron our circle. So um, his big thing is, you know what? He he does too much. I mean, he's got great team. Like I met all of his team, and uh, they're great. They just got some great guys and, and girls and, and on his staff. And you know, he didn't really have a good staffing plan for them. And so we restructured the staffing plan. And what goes with staffing is job descriptions, yes. performance reviews. Um, he can't hold his coaches and staff accountable if they're not very clear on what their job descriptions are. So it's one of those like do everything kind of jobs yeah. uh, for a lot of these guys and girls. And so we we really got into the weeds and just like, hey, we laid it out, made a new compensation plan. We did a uh, job, you know, like the whole model, like yeah. where, where we want to see him because his big goal is like, man, he's been doing this 10 years. He's grinded out. He strategically bought a house like literally 30 seconds away from the gym. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Though. But it is cool, but it, no it, disconnect. He's, he's no disconnect. Yeah. He's got a great family and he's doing great stuff. Very proud of Dimitri. But uh, yeah, that, that was his big challenge was like, hey, man, he's got to get out of his own way. In, in order to do that, he's got to delegate. And if to, in order to delegate, you have to have responsibilities. One of the biggest things we teach in our delivery systems portion mm -hmm. of our private uh, coaching is staffing plans. And it's early, intentionally throughout week that two. coaching. Week two. Week two. Yeah, we, we dive into that. We create the structure because more often than not, the gym owners we work with have too much on their plate. Or they, mm -hmm. every one of them can benefit from more delegation and understanding on holding certain people accountable for the jobs. You guys as gym owners are phenomenal at, at stepping in and doing the work when it needs to happen, but not more, again, just from those that we've worked with, I see it time and time again, where they're willing to do the work without holding somebody accountable that's supposed to be doing the work. Yeah, and that so does happen. you're just driving yourself into a position where you're burnt out. You don't know why your staff isn't doing the work that they should be, but you're creating, you're reinforcing that bad habit, essentially. By doing it for them. By doing it for them, so. Yep, and we talk about this in the in the coaching, and I'll go into a little bit right now, is, you know, your your staff wants to do well. They don't, yeah. they're not, like, trying to screw stuff up. I mean, if they do screw things up, it's not, like, intentional, mm -hmm. I would think, you would hope, right? They want they want to be more important. They want to make a difference, um, especially this this younger millennial generation. This this is one of their biggest drivers is being some a part of something bigger than them. Yeah, and allowing them to do the work allows them to be fulfilled, and they get further driven in their job, and they just do better. And so that's a big piece of this is being able to let go and let them do the work. And, and one of the things that I strive on is like I just want my team to make decisions. Mm -hmm. Even if they're wrong, you've yeah, heard me say this, this. Sure. I want you to make it the decision a hundred miles an hour. Don't just tip swiftly. Yeah. Don't tippy toe into making a decision because the worst thing is just sitting on something and nothing happens like, or expecting somebody else to do it. Mm -hmm. I just want my team to make a decision. And yes, they've made a lot of mistakes. And what I'll tell them is, you know what, we'll walk, we'll talk about why it was a mistake. We'll, I'll try to understand the rationale for why they made that decision. And as long as they didn't just decide one day to flip a coin and make the decision sure. and there was a reason behind it, I will support them 100%. So that goes into the staffing plan. With that, another thing about this early on and actually through the mindset. So week one, the, one of the first things I have gym owners do is write their daily plan down. We talked about in part one. Mm -hmm. This is another area where staffing comes into play because uh, like I, I mentioned in last week's episode, the responsibilities and the activities that one of our clients is doing half of them needed to be delegated. Yeah. And if it wasn't listed in a job description or part of an org chart where there was understanding and overlap, who's responsible for what, that type of thing, she'd be 
in the position continuing to do this stuff. So the clearer you can be with those job descriptions. Definitely. And then the org chart that goes along with it, right? Guys think, you know, you need redundancy in your business as well. What happens when somebody's not in the office or somebody's sick or, or something, somebody doesn't show up for whatever reason it is, there's, those things still need to be done. Somebody else can pick somebody it up. Else, yeah, you have to have a clear answer as to who's responsible first, second, third, build that redundancy out as an understanding in a structure so your whole team knows without having to sit around or go to you as the owner and ask the questions, they can just move. Definitely. Yep. Okay. So there you go. Number one for the must-haves in this episode, staffing plan. And the staffing plan goes into job descriptions or charts and performance reviews and the whole thing. So boom, make sure you have it. Number two for this episode, make sure that you're strategic in your client experience. Yes. What do I mean by that? Well, I think the differentiator in today's market, as far as your competition goes, is going to be the client experience. Mm -hmm. Because to the market, you offer the same thing as everybody else to the market. You know you're the best in town, but to your market, they just see dollar signs and people getting sweaty. Fitness, nutrition, and accountability. To them, it's the same. Mm -hmm. So how do you make a difference to whether or not they're going to choose you over them? Well, or stick with you instead of leave you. It's the client experience. And we get into this in our coaching program quite a bit. And we go through every step. And, and you know, one of the one of the like exercises I have the the gym owners do is I want them to, before they pull into their parking lot, I want them to switch their vision into what the client would see in driving yes. into the parking lot. Is it clean? Is it easy to park? Is it clearly defined where they're supposed to go, where they're supposed to park? When they get out of the car, is it easy to find the door? What does the door say? Is it say your hours? Do, is it clear? Because there's I've been to gyms where I don't know what door I'm supposed to go in. Absolutely. And that goes into client experience. When they open the door, what does it look like? What does it smell like? What does the person at the front desk say? It's what are music they, playing? Is there music? Is there ambiance? Is it clean? Is it like those are that's the client experience that I'm talking about? And then it goes into how they're greeted, how they're trained, how the warm up goes, how they're exited, how you know what their emails say, how you answer the phone and goes into client experience. You know, and all the touch points that go across it, and including and not limited to the actual programming they're getting yeah. in the gym. So this this is probably going to be a big wake-up call for most people because you have never done this, and you should. It Definitely through through the eyes of the consumer, like you said, it's like secret shopping your own business. You know, retailers and, and, and other businesses do this. Restaurants do it all of the time. I don't remember where what I was listening to, a podcast or something recently, but they talk about how restaurants, when they're going for, you know, when, you, when you're doing the grand opening and things like that, you have the, the pictures of the local food critics hanging in the kitchen because the second somebody, you know, your waiting staff oh, needs to know. Oh yeah. Like if you're talking like major metropolitan, you want to talk about like the Michelin series, dude, some of those high level restaurants. Yeah. Those restaurants. And then the editors and the people that are doing the critiques. Well, it used to be that way. And so actually this is great for, this is a great point for your client experience. You as, as a, a business owner, it used to be that way, right? Restaurants used to have the ability to pluck out and pull in and know the people that were influencing their experience. Nowadays, every single person that walks through your door is that editor. Because and of? Because of social media, because of Yelp, because of Google reviews, because of Facebook, because of everybody has the ability to make or break your business now. Now, you don't need, you don't need everybody to be a client. You don't need everybody in order to be successful, but you have to perform every single time somebody walks through that door. One of the, we all know, no news is good news and, and 
you know, nobody does positive reviews the same way they do negative. Oh, it no. just, it is unfortunate, but you're never going to get that raving review from somebody without either kind of asking for it or guiding somebody to it. But you will absolutely have somebody trash your business that one, never experienced it. They walk in the front door, nobody greeted them within a minute. And all of a sudden they have their own opinion about how all things are run. Mm -hmm. Make sure those situations don't happen. And your client experience is a big, a big part of that. Like Tim was talking about, it's both, it's way before the result the client's getting. It is, the result is just a small portion of the client experience. Definitely. We talk about making this, you know, here, making this the best one hour of the, the client's day. Yep. And in order to do that, it's the look, the smell, the experience, the, the cult, the, the, conversation, the everything that goes along with it. And it's difficult as a business owner to try and the word strategic is important because it's not just oh, client yeah. experience. If you guys are trying to be strategic in it. Yeah, yeah, you need to. You need to instill these things through your actions, through your in incentives, actions, culture, whatever you can force to try because well, and we're going to get into it next. Mm -hmm. But this is something that you can only try so hard. Your whole experience needs to adapt. Yep. Hey guys, as you know, at Built to Grow, we're all about systems and scalability. And that's why I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Semi-Private Pro. Several years ago, I was in our gym looking around and I noticed our coaches were staring at their clipboards, struggling to stay one step ahead of the clients. And I thought, gosh, there has to be a better way. So I tasked Zach, our fitness director, and I said, dude, we got to find a software that would enhance our client's training experience and increase our coaches' levels of engagement. See, we're all about client experience here. After countless demos, we realized there was literally nothing designed for our training model. So we set on a mission and I said, look, we got to create an app that is designed specifically for semi-private training. And I can tell you guys this firsthand, this is taking our training to new heights and I'm confident it can do the same thing for you. See, with Semi-Private Pro, you can streamline your training system, enhance client engagement and scale like never before without spending hours on programming. To learn more about how you can get started with Semi-Private Pro, head on over to special link here, semiprivatepro.com slash BTG, that's built to grow. So just head on over real quick to semiprivatepro.com slash BTG to check out a demo for yourself. And it doesn't hurt to ask some of those clients how they're doing. What did mm -hmm. you, you know, why did you, what do you like about this? What do you don't like? That, that kind of goes into the, to the customer surveys that we talk about in our coaching. Ask your clients how they, th you know, like there's, they're going to tell you. Yeah. If, if you ask, if you, if you don't ask, they'll leave and never tell you. And understand that some clients will have, I mean, you'll have a common thread. You'll only be a lot, able to implement, you know, a handful of suggestions. It's not an all or nothing and you can never make everybody happy. But that is a great place. The people that are spending money with you mm -hmm. are a great source for how to increase the effectiveness of that client experience. And I would tell you a lot that goes into client experience is consistency. I yes. think having the same exact experience every single time is probably as important as having a good client experience, assuming that it's at least decent, that it doesn't change constantly. Mm -hmm. Like maybe the, the coaches change, but the workouts and the, the way you go through your workouts and the coaching cues and, and the smells and the, the greetings, those all stay the same. The people might change, but the kind of experience when they go through that session, that should absolutely be the same. If you start changing it up, and you know, this is what Rick talked about in the E-Myth book about the barber. If you yeah. want to go back to that yep. episode, yeah, it was a great haircut every time, but the experience up leading up into and after the actual haircut was different every time and the guy never came back. So Yeah. And that goes back to, like we talked about in episode one, your brand promise. 
when you create a consistent experience, you solidify your promise. And so that yeah. has to happen if you're going to have a brand promise, because if you, your brand promise and then your client experience is the execution of your brand promise. Yeah, that's correct. So that's if you're correct. not if you're not creating a consistency or a consistent experience, you're failing yourself in your brand promise, which means people aren't you're not going to have that long term retention, that buy in, that belief. Those are the clients that you want to nurture and keep. And uh, you need that consistent client experience in order to execute that. OK. Look at your client experience and, and make changes immediately if it's not up to par what you want it to be. And look around, guys. There's a million things going on right now just to but before we pivot, right? Like the lighting is a big thing in, in fitness facilities right now in the group training aspect, for sure. The music, the culture, like we're seeing a lot of, to me, it's almost like the spin scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the dark. It's a big show. It is. But at the end of the day, like if if that's... Now, again, again, ask your clientele if that's what your clients are looking for, if that's the consistency, if they're going to leave you to go to an Orange Theory to sit in a room because there's loud music and a dark atmosphere, if that's the consistent thread through your, your Market, gym, yeah. you know, maybe that's something that you want to entertain. Not saying it is or it isn't, but utilize the people and the response to understand. And here's another tip. As a gym owner or trainer, you're probably pretty motivated yourself. You probably wouldn't go a week without working out on your own. Right. Mm -hmm. But- your clients are not you. And what I, it took me a while to understand this because I came from athletics and football and it was just part of the day. I was going to go lift. I'm going to lift heavy and I'm going to push the heck out of myself to be mm -hmm. better. Well, Mrs. Johnson isn't a football player. You mean yeah. she doesn't want to do, uh, she doesn't want to <laughs> do that. So you got to make a show for her and, and it's an entertainment experience too. If we start thinking about it that way, cause we got to get out of our own heads. We're not our clients. We're actually very weird in the fact that we we're motivated to go train. We, we are the rarity. Yeah, exactly. It's we're true. The anomaly. But, but you, it, when you're in your own body and you're doing this every day, you don't can't, it's hard to relate. But once you figure that out, guys, it'll change a lot for you. So just think about what I just said. And, and yeah, if this is you, think about it from your client's perspective. Okay, let's keep moving. Number three, culture. You must have culture. Absolutely. And this goes into client experience and what, what's going to make the difference between your gym and another gym is pretty much the culture. It comes from the client experience. It comes from your brand promise. But culture isn't something that you can just buy off the shelf. Yeah. It's really interesting how culture works. All things aside, CrossFit has a great culture. Everybody makes fun of the first thing that people say if you're in CrossFit, you tell everybody tell you, do CrossFit, you do CrossFit. But yeah. but you know what? It's a cult, but cults are good for business. Absolutely. I, I said this on a post. Somebody somebody was talking about CrossFit and I said CrossFit without a shadow of a doubt is a cult. <laughs> but cults are good for business. Yep. It's a cult. Click funnels is a cult. <laughs> yeah. It's a cult. <laughs> what you have to understand is like it's like you're drinking the the Kool-Aid. The Kool-Aid. And, you know, you're going to go down with the ship because all your eggs are in that basket and you believe 100% in it. And that's okay because that is good for business. That's a, that's something every business owner should try and emulate. If you guys don't have a desire to have that belief and buy-in and like the ability to create something and have every one of your clients purchase it every single time, you're, you don't belong in business. Like that yeah. is what we're all trying to achieve. Certain brands do it very, very well. Yep. Across, without a doubt. Like, that's something I've always accredited that, given them credit for again. Well, let's call it what it is. It's a, credit it's, where credit's it's, due. It's a cult, but that's not a bad thing. No. You know, you think always cults are bad because of these, like, you know, Waco, Texas <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff. It's not bad. It's just you have a, a really tight group. It's, a, it's all about belief. It's a tribe of people that believe in who you are and what you do, and everybody else is, is horrible. 
Pretty That's much. really what it comes. Yeah. It's, it's us against the world. It's us against them. It's us. Be with us. If you want to be with them, we hate you. You're the enemy. You know what I mean? That's that's the conversations that are happening in these like cults. And so let, let's speak to the specifics of it. So how do you create that? It's tough. Yeah. You got to, okay. So you gotta, <laughs> there's some definite things you got to do. I would say number one is treat everybody like your best client. Put them on a pedestal yep. and, and tell them like you're there to serve them. That's the big thing. So by default, when you give, 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 people want to give back to you. Mm -hmm. What's that word? Reciprocation? Reciprocation, yeah. sure. If you want to feel that like reciprocation, as bad as we do t-shirts in this gym, I think t-shirts are important. Having them wearing your gear outside the gym starts building the tribe, forcing interaction. I really like the group atmosphere of either boot camps or small group training to kind of get them bonded with other clients in your gym, not just the coaches and the gym, it's the other clients. Something I've said here at Pulse, you guys have done, again, you can you set the direction, mm -hmm. but like we were talking about beforehand, right? Your strategic client experience, you guys are intentional about certain things, but culture happens from like the clients, mm -hmm. you know, the clients like, like do it. Yep. they have to create the culture of what the facility is known for, but it happens through your strategic client experience. If you, you give the ability for those connections to happen, mm -hmm. your part of your training and your methodology is to put clients together for that group atmosphere, that the benefit of the collective the conversations that take place, the enjoyment that happens throughout that that period of time. Correct. And that culture that is a result of those experiences. I'll tell you what, I guarantee I could go out on your training floor and I can get some of the best wine advice. <laughs> it's not fitness, but here's the thing, right? That is a culture of this facility is there's a, a pretty affluent oh, yeah. you know, crowd. Mm -hmm. They're very much the happy hour, wino. You know, like that is a, a pretty common thread, I'd say, throughout the majority of your clientele oh, yeah. here. Mm -hmm. We've got buddies that are, your old buddy Casey, that's got a, I know he's part of a, a CrossFit culture and their whole thing is, you know, work, work out hard, mm -hmm. but do it because you enjoy beer, you know, and the beer, the place he shows up has, it's a gym with access to beer and yeah. a kitchen and a lounge and things like that. But that is a culture that is created and reinforced by the brand's promise, brand, brand, branded client brand, experience. Yep, yep. You could also uh, host events and yeah. happy hours and wine night and holiday parties and sending them gifts for their birthday and all. There's tons of stuff. And maybe I like your take on this too, because fitness is one of those things where we know, you know, like the habit-based nutrition is a big thing right now and understanding, right? We know that our client, like this is, we could write a perfect meal plan, perfect diet plan, perfect workout plan, but mm -hmm. nobody's going to fucking execute it. You know what I mean? Like, well, they're not competing. So is our whole, is part of your culture trying to kind of tiptoe back and forth to realize that people are human and people are going to do things like have wine nights mm -hmm. and we should embrace certain things that are not just hardcore fitness? Depends on who your clients are because there's some coaches out there that are hardcore sure. and they get amazing results at the expense of sometimes life for their clientele. But that's the client. The client wants that. That they're attracting. So could you tiptoe around it in a gym like this? And really the clients aren't necessarily so strung out on the results they're getting as far as physical results, or they just want to be a part of something that that would be one direction. Sure. Then there's those other, like obviously the competitor world, you, mm -hmm. you do or die. You're on the stage being judged. That's your almost like you're an athlete there. Yeah. Then you've also got coaches that, that are hardcore with like businessmen, you know, and they take them out and 
do these retreats with them and their coaches mm-hmm. for them. And it's like, that's the direction. So you got to kind of think about what, who you are, who you it, serve. Yeah. Who you serve and what you believe in and then go that direction. So, I mean, it's, cool. it's a catch. It's up to the, the culture changes for each facility. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. No. And that's exactly kind of what I was trying to get from that was mm-hmm. that it, there's not a, like our culture here is not necessarily the culture. Every one of you guys are going to instill. Totally. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. should be, it should be a res- a byproduct of one, who you are, what you believe in, who you want to, and then who you want to serve. Your brand promise is going to dictate some of that. Your core values is going to dictate some of that. You showing up, what do you find interest in? You know, like you talked about, you were the athlete, yep. but you stepped into business. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't decide to step into the personal training realm and then ascend from there either. Yep. So your experience is going to be different than other gym owners and your culture should be we made, to you. I made that decision because that was the biggest piece of the market was I would have a bigger piece of like potential customers when, if I went this direction. Now, that being said, if you want to be the guy or girl that has the gym with the bar on top and you party and you train hard and that's the work that you do, I think it, I almost feel like if you created that, you're going to attract the people that you want to serve that way. I agree. I kind of went the other way and I said, do I really want to, I, I would love to train athlete, That's, but I already knew that there was no money there. It's hard, yeah. I'd love to train professional athletes and be the guy that, you know, is in the background, like almost like Todd Durkin. I mean, to me, that would be awesome. Sure. But he he runs kind of a, a split kind of business. But I saw early on, it's like, I can't go this direction and stay in business. So I shifted my thoughts and, and went, you know, to the general population. I just figured sure. there was more business to be had. Yeah, there. it's the greatest, your greatest chance for uh, well, survival in survival, a way, yeah. right? At that point. Yeah. And, you know, when I started hearing the numbers was like 8% or bodybuilding and like 10% of CrossFit. And then you got like the 80% of general population or whatever, or athlete. I mean, you know what I mean? So this is how I thought of it. I was like, there's just way too much. It's too small of a sliver of the pie to go to the athlete side. Let me go to general population. And that's how we just built that. Smart. So, all right. Keep moving through here. Number four for this episode, diversification of income profit Boom. centers. Another thing that we teach throughout our coaching program, specifically throughout our coaching program. We believe in this so much that we're giving it to you here. And that's part of our coaching program. <laughs> if you guys have followed the podcast, if you've read Tim's book, if you've been a client of ours in the past, you're going to under, if you're part of our marketing group on Facebook, you're, if you have not understood that Tim and I believe in multiple poles in the water <laughs> <laughs> and the ability to diversify, you, you're not paying attention. Yeah. This is a huge aspect of what we believe. One of the things that we work with a lot of our private clients are instilling additional levels of service. That's the kind yeah. of the next one. Yeah, right we'll here. pivot into that. But like at least bringing in the services themselves. Yeah. You know, we work with a lot of gym owners that had single service facilities, did team training, and that was it. Tim, yep, come in, do your workouts, go home. Yeah. 149 a month. Yeah, and we talked about the struggles with that. And we've talked about the benefits of having something like that when it comes to like an orange theory or things like, you know, other mm-hmm. facilities and, and franchises like that, but also the limitations. You know, we know that their clients are staying with them no more than seven months. No, down now to, it's like three. Down to three. Yeah. yeah. We can't do that anymore. So diversification of income, what I mean here is like multiple profit centers, five to eight would be good. And you can do things like nutrition, mm-hmm. supplements, apparel. I mean, heck, my zones are technically a profit center that are not part of your basic membership. Technically training, if you have a basic membership, then training is a different profit center. You Team, know, small group, one-on-one, I would consider different profit centers. Different profit centers. Uh, you can do massage, th- muscle therapy. You can host workshops, nutrition. You can do uh, paid seminars. You can do paid challenges internally. You can do 
it's smoothies. We do smoothies. We're thinking mm -hmm. about coffee. We're polling our audience right now. Supplements. We, yeah, we did supplements. You can do, um, and then within those supplements, you can do like a reoccurring supplement line. You can do mm -hmm. meal plans. You can do meal prep. You can do, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of different ways that you can to make more money. There's three ways to make more money in this business and any business that's more clients increase the cart value of each purchase, like raising your rates, or have your current clients or the people you already serve buy more frequently. And this is the more frequently button. Yeah. And what I'm saying is if you don't have any of those things, they're not going to give you more money for other things. There's a built-in return on investment or profit margin of each thing that you sell. So the more things you can push, I mean, now when we say sell, I'm also saying without saying it, selling something that's going to get them a better result. Yeah. Don't just sell them crap to sell them crap. That's not to make money. It's to, what do we, we had an episode about this was like, what are the four things that make the decision if you were going to bring in another profit center? Yep. And I'll recap them. Number one, you have to believe in what you're bringing in. Mm -hmm. If you don't believe in it, let's just say it's saran wrap, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 weight loss solution. Wh or yeah, whatever saran you wrap weight loss solution. You don't believe in it, don't do it. Number two, will it get your clients better results? Because that's the bottom line. And, and by better results, technically a better client experience yeah. could then keep them longer than get them. You know what I mean? And then they stay longer and they get better results that way. I mean, I'd argue that the res our result that we're aiming for is a combination of your client experience as well as the pounds lost, the muscle, the strength gained, the muscle gained, like that type of thing. It's, it has to be a, a combination of. Okay. Because- Again, back to the work, right? Like nobody wants to be doing that work. If they're coming here, torturing themselves for a hard result, but then hating every second that they're here, they're not going to be here. So call a spade a spade. And it yeah. is going to be the ability because there's certain times where you have to be easier on a client in so that they don't Leave. push back yeah. and regret the workout or, you know, have a negative experience because mm -hmm. you can damage, you can hurt your client one, you can hurt the experience by pushing somebody too hard for a result. So a good trainer is going to know, you know, back the and balance. forth. But Hey, Tim Lance here. And I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone out there surviving the day-to-day -day chaos of the fitness business. You know, you're showing up every day and you got people counting on you. I know it's not easy, but you're doing it. So keep on going. But listen, if you feel like it's getting to be too much and you wanted to get some support so you can get out of the struggle and get to, into real growth, then I highly recommend that you check out our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator Program at winninggym.com slash grow. Go check it out, sign up, and let's get you on track for some easy wins and get back to growth mode. All right, once again, the link is winninggym.com slash grow. And now back to the show. So going back to the four questions was, do you believe in what you're bringing in? So this is a profit center. When you're positioned to make a decision on whether or not you want to do this, these are the four. Do you believe in it? Does it get your clients better results? Can you make money from it? Okay. There's something to be said there. Like you can't just bring in stuff to sell and break even or lose. As long as it's costing you money. You might bring things in that don't cost money that might. Okay. But can you make money from it? That might be something. And sure. then number four, you got all those things, but can you actually sell the thing? Mm -hmm. So that's the fourth thing. Can you sell it? Like just because you have it on the shelf, it gets clients results. You believe in it. You can make money from it. But if you can't push the product or push the service and sell it, then what's the point? So those are the four things that I make the decision on whether or not I'm going to bring in another profit center. Uh, and we just kind of went through a list of them. So diversify your income is an absolute must for, for growth 
this year. And that's probably one of the fastest things that you could do for it is. financial growth. You know what I mean? You could spend a month, find a supplement supplier or a t-shirt company or additional profit centers that will take your bottom line and just provide a whole new layer. Mm -hmm. So that's probably one of the ones that, you know, if you're in business this year and you don't have enough of those poles in the water, that might be something that you could do quickly to see a big explosion in 2020. Perfect. For additional revenue. Let's get into the final one. This is as important as any of the other ones that we've discussed. Having an ascension system or technically a value ladder in your business. This is huge. And I learned this kind of, I guess, through Brunson mm -hmm. uh, in his dot-com secrets book. We had some of it, but we really polished it after, after reading that. We polished it and we also polished it for profit. So let's talk about what the ascension ladder is. It is more or less a, it's kind of a funnel in the terms of how do you get somebody from not hearing about you, ever knowing who you are, getting them into your ecosystem, getting them to start with you and then finish at the highest price product. Yeah. So going back to the bottom of the value ladder, this is stuff like, how do you market using free content? The free content can be simple as a blog, a Facebook post, a podcast like we're doing, videos, lead magnets, ebooks, ebooks. That, yeah. That's content driven, bottom of the value ladder. I'm going to give you this for free. Then you might have something with what they would call a tripwire. It might be something that's really low cost, could be a $7 ebook mm -hmm. or a $19 workout plan or a $39 you know, recipe guide with online workout thing. That's the next step. The next step into your business might be a trial, a paid trial for 89 bucks. You get two weeks with us. It could be a paid trial for seven bucks. It could be a free trial too. But again, this is just them from, now they're actually in your facility. So think about that. They're, they've never heard of you. They start seeing your stuff. They opt in. They maybe buy a little thing. Now they opted in to come in. Now they're in your gym. The trial is a great low level of the value ladder. Mm -hmm. Maybe next you might have a basic membership. You know, that might be the next value ladder rung. Then you might have a team training option. Then you might have a limited semi-private training option, which is like four times a month. Then you might have an eight or 12 or unlimited as you keep going up. Then you might have a private training option. Sure. Again, four, eight, 12, unlimited. You might have three levels of that. Then you might have an all-inclusive top of the thing, private everything, a lifestyle program. <laughs> yeah, we're doing nutrition. We're doing it all. Yeah, mindset, nutrition, your your cooking form, all this stuff that might be like two grand a month. Or yeah, something your like that. ridiculous offering. Sure, and see how that goes because eventually there's going to be people. And the reason we talk about the value ladder being so important in your business, it's not just to make more money. It's as people ascend up the value ladder, they're getting better results Correct. because they have a better service or product that you can give to them. The more they pay, the more exposure they get to the coach, to the expert, to the guru. That's the top. So if you don't have that in your business, take a hard look, take a half step back, draw this bad boy out on a whiteboard and start thinking about what, everything I just said. Something that goes along with that too, that's a beautiful thing as far as the client that's ascending up the value ladder is you're you also, as they're, they're doing that, naturally and kind of subconsciously, you're taking somebody from cold traffic typically mm -hmm. all the way through up to what we would call like a promoter, right? Your clients that are spending the most, staying with you the longest are the ones that are turning around and telling everybody oh, about, yeah. you know, oh, about yeah. your service. These are the people that you, these are the ones, there's a reason that you build people and you ascend them strategically up your value ladder, right? You, you know that you're making more money, which is 
a selfish reason for doing so. But at the end of the day, simultaneously, you must be delivering a greater result. So there is none of that. It's me versus them mentality. It's a positive aspect for you and the client. When they get to that promoter level, when they get to your highest price packaging, those individuals are the ones that you really need to continue to nurture. You want to keep them very, very happy because they're the ones that are going to be growing your facility faster than anybody else. Yep. Perfect. So there you have it. Those are the next five. This is part two of the top 20 must-haves for growth. Did you guys like it? Leave us a comment, review. Let us Mm -hmm. know what you think about it. We've got two more of these, I guess three and four coming up soon over the next Tuesday, Thursdays. That's when we release these. But gosh, I can't imagine not having any of these on this board. I'm glad that we were able to kind of like put them on a list and like actually get them out because every one of these is imperative for the businesses that we work with. Yeah. And I'm glad that we have all these things because I can speak to these Mm -hmm. in, in the facility. They're as important as anything. I mean, I don't think you can get away with not having these. I'll use myself as an example, guys. I am I'm close enough to the problem. I understand your business. I understand, you know, I work day in, day out and I've done this for a long time with Tim, but I've never been in the driver's seat and actually had the risk mm-hmm. involved. Mm-hmm. Seeing these types of things and knowing the majority of business owners, and we've worked with hundreds, if not a thousand by now. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that more often than not, the gym owners that we've spoken with, when they're thinking about growth, they're thinking about new equipment. They're thinking about certification. Certifications. They're thinking about how they can deliver a greater result. They're thinking about it's so it's too far down their client's problem without it being other ways of like the clients are there showing up and they're they're getting results. The, that is a good thing. Focus on on the client experience and the, the other things of the business for growth, not Staff, just staffing, value ladder. The, yeah, this isn't training. Exa- this isn't kettlebell swings. Exactly, right? Yeah. Like that's not going to move the needle in your business. And you're not going to be that 12 months on the road. You're not going to be like, holy crap, like my entire business is different because I got three mo- new certifications. You're never going to see that happen. No. Those are things that are important and should be addressed in the business. But if you have to start weighing, do I focus my attention there or some of these things on this list? Guys, this list is going to make your life in your business, an entirely different situation. Focus on things like this to grow a business. Oh, absolutely. And there was a time where I was deep in the weeds with going to the perform betters mm-hmm. and going into those hands-on lectures and all that stuff. I cut the cord early and said, I can't, there's no point in me learning this stuff. I'm going to hire coaches and send the coaches there. That's and the, I'm going yeah, to, I'm glad you said that. I'm going to work on this business. The coaches need that stuff. You, the gym owner running a facility, I'm going to just say you don't need the, another certification. You need to learn how to run and operate a business profitably, keep the kind of experience, and have the right staff in place to run a profitable business. Then worry about that stuff because, yes, it, the, having another shirt and having another piece of equipment isn't going to move the needle like you think it is. No. But that's the trainer brain. And that's what you know. And it's not your fault that, but I'm just coming from a business owner side and, and being beat up in this business for mm-hmm. 10 years. I'm, this is what I'm telling you. And if I would have learned this even earlier, I'd probably be in a better spot than I am now. But yeah, we're giving you guys the goods. Yeah. Like consider, so like, you know, just for the sake of, of understanding or like to use an analogy, right? Your client's results are one thing. Look at your business and your net profits like your client's results. If you started treating your business like you do your clients' results, look at where you're going to be at the end of the year. Yeah. Like you have to be intentional with these things. And as a business owner, you don't need a huge business. These aren't things that like, you know, multi-million dollar businesses just decide, okay, now it's time to implement these things. No. You know what I mean? Like these, this is a foundation for 
if you're the independent trainer and you're looking to open a facility, start having a lot of these things in place now because when you your doors open, all of these things are going to carry over and you're going to skyrocket, skyrocket yeah, your skyrocket, results. Skyrocket, yeah. And I'll throw this out there for anybody that needs help. If you want us to help you do this through our client coaching program, this is our private coaching clients, private eight-week program. We do year programs as well. Get on a call with Randy at pfmarketingsolutions.com slash call. There's a breakthrough form. You'll figure out a time that works best for you. The time shown will be in your own time yeah, zone. time zone, yep. You pick a time that works good for you on your calendar. And, you know, there's a little breakthrough form that we're going to ask you like probably 10 questions before the call. And Randy's going to dive into your stuff and see how we can help you. That's all I can tell you guys. pfmarketingsolutions.com slash call. This is what we love. We love helping gym owners win. We love, you love what you love, Randy. Oh, yeah. I, I love solving massive problems that change the whole game. And, and that's what I feel like I'm best at. And so that's what I want. If you got a big problem, let me, I'll solve it for you. There's nothing that you have going on in your business that I don't, I can't figure out how to solve. I agree. There's nothing that you're facing in your business that I haven't either gone through or can find the answer for you guys. So nothing's too big or too small. If you feel like you just need a little kick in the ass and you need some little help on some stuff, like, like our friend Dimitri's got a great business. He needs a lot with the staffing. He needs a lot with the yeah. staffing. Another client, Ryan, he's, he's amazing. He's got a great following doing near a million He's a client of ours. And so even though these guys have great businesses, they they have things that they need help with and they they reach out to us. So big or small, pfmarketingsolutions.com slash call. Give us a ring, book a call, and we'll we'll call you guys and we'll have a nice chat. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's going to be a lot like this. The, the, the calls are literally me diving in, seeing you know what what areas like this you have in your business. Because at the end of the day, these are the things that, that yeah. move the needle. And if you're an exceptional trainer and you deliver great results, but that's really where you're limited, we're going to be able to poke holes in, in the business itself and, and then provide a, a solution and a path for you. So yeah, let's get on a call. Let's talk about it. But Perfect. All right, guys. Until next episode, keep changing lives. We'll see you on the next show. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Built to Grow podcast where we help gym owners win. Now, do you want to connect with me and other gym owners online? All you got to do is join our private Facebook group, Marketing Talk with Fitness Professionals right now. Just head on over to Facebook and type in Marketing Talk with Fitness Professionals. And when you join, we're going to give you free access to our 10 fitness marketing strategies, seven-figure gym owners use to win. All right, I look forward to you joining us next time on the Built to Grow podcast. Keep building something great.